Today's long-awaited return of Destino, a New Japan Pro Wrestling podcast, is brought to you by the HTM Podcast Network, still online, actually renewed and still online at hittingthemarks.com. We've got some new material as well as some new shows coming into your ear holes over at the HTM Podcast Network, including Turnbuckle Talk with Joe and Carl. Shout out to those two guys, my favorite Canucks, as well as a brand new show about horror movies, horror movie collections, just really anything having to do with horror. And Russell Podcast host Robin Nelson, that's horror pop after midnight. Also, RBV and myself are Dustin. Dusting off the weekly flagship, the Hitting the Marks podcast, coming soon. Back to your ear holes with an all-new format. We're also brought to you by our friends over at Hameen Media. Two feeds now for your listening enjoyment. HackerHameen.Podbean.com as well as HameenMediaGroup.Podbean.com. Hameen Media, of course, also presented by Vince Russo's The Brand. Get the real shoot from one of the most legendary characters in wrestling, Mr. Vince Russo. We're also available over at the PW Hustle, pwhustlenetworks.podbean.com. Shout out to our friends over there, Billy Ray Valentine, the 8-Track Corp, and yes, even the professor, Chabella Veracruz. Of course, you can also find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, Amazon, Pandora, Podbean, and iHeartRadio. Just search Destino, a New Japan pro wrestling podcast on your favorite listening device. Find us online at destinopod.com and across all social media at destinopod. On today's show, I'm joined by my friend Jimmy T from Down Under to discuss the first half of the G1 Climax. Also be giving you a bit of an update on Destino and what I've been up to for the last two months in a bit of a shortened second segment. So let's go ahead and get into it. But first, for the first time in two months, this is our friends from Down Under. This is Knife Party. You blocked me on Facebook and now you're going to die. Ladies and gentlemen, um, most of the time when it comes to these shows, I, I come on here for the second segment and I talk about stardom. And th- the problem is I've been basically without internet for roughly one and three quarters months. I guess it'll be two months tomorrow uh, when the storm actually hit. The derecho that hit Iowa is the storm that I'm talking about. In case you haven't heard, we had uh, basically a Category 4 hurricane hit Iowa. Yeah, I I know. It's kind of weird. Peak winds at 152 miles an hour. As you can imagine, those of us out here in the cornfield, we weren't equipped for that. Um, So it basically wiped my city off of the map. We've been living in a disaster area for the last two months. We're still kind of picking things up and putting things back together. But in true Iowan fashion, that's what we do. But so I'm not going to give you a stardom report today. Um, There's been a, a lot going on in stardom. Uh, I, I missed all of the five-star Grand Prix, which is basically their version of the G1 Climax. I have went back and watched those shows. Congratulations to Atami on winning the five-star Grand Prix. And, of course, we had the big show in Yokohama, um, which I'm about halfway through at this point. It's, it's ironic that I start this show every week with Knife Party and Internet Friends because that was the original Tokyo Cyber Squad theme. And now Tokyo Cyber Squad is no more. Konami turning on Jungle Kiona. Um, by far, the 
best storyline in all of professional wrestling right now, mostly having to do with the real world aspect of what happened with Hannah Kimura. But now we're hearing that Jungle is actually going to be out for the better part of a year. Seems as though she's been working on basically being held together with duct tape and and twigs, I think. She's got to have both of her knees replaced and both of her shoulders replaced. And our our absolute best wishes to Jungle Kiona and, of course, our worst wishes to Konami for hitting Jungle over the head with a chair and effectively breaking up the Tokyo Cyber Squad. But with all that said, there's so much going on in stardom, and I wasn't really sure where I wanted to jump in. So I guess the correct response is on next week's show, I am going to just jump right back in and we'll pretend like, you know, we, we, we were here and we covered all of the five-star Grand Prix and we covered basically everything leading up to Yokohama. So if you're following along on stardom-world.com, follow up, go ahead, watch the five-star. It was a fantastic tournament, some great matches, some absolute standout performances, especially from Micah. Go back and watch the tournament. It's, it's, it's absolutely fantastic. And then we're going to talk about Yokohama. We're going to talk about everything going on with Tokyo Cyber Squad. We'll talk about everything going on with Konami and everything going on with Kayona and the status of Oedo Tai and what's going on with their version of World Tag League and AZM finally claiming a championship and just turning 18. Oh, there's all kinds of stuff to talk about in stardom. But we wanted to talk a little bit about this storm. This storm is unlike anything I've ever seen before. This storm came rolling into Cedar Rapids, and on about 10 minutes' notice, we got hit with winds that averaged 130 miles an hour for roughly an hour, and it just absolutely tore everything up. So thank you very much for your patience. Thank you very much for following up. Thank you very much for checking on me. But most importantly... Some of you may have heard what happened with my sister. Um, It's a crazy kind of story. Like, even to think about now in retrospect, they lost their power during the storm. And when the power came back on, their home went up in flames. Now, a little bit about my sister. We're 10 years apart. We weren't necessarily the closest growing up. But she has a wonderful husband named Tim. She has five little boys that range from like two months until 10. She, she spent all of her adult life pregnant. I, I, I can't even tell you the last time I saw my sister not pregnant. I think I'm going to see her on Sunday, and chances are she's going to tell everybody that she's pregnant again because that's what Lindsay does. But they lost all of their home, all of their belongings. They lost the kids' school because they homeschool. They also run their business from home. Terrible situation. And... In a way, it brings everything back to hitting the marks. Uh, Rick and I had agreed after WrestleMania season that we were going to stop doing hitting the marks. And due to the outpouring of support that I saw come from the Hameen Media family, from the HTM Podcast Network family, listeners, friends, complete strangers that absolutely just shelled out and help my sister get back on her feet. I believe their GoFundMe raised like $10,000. I am forever in your debt. And I, I don't know how I can say thank you enough without doing a podcast and spewing a bunch of bullshit into your ear holes. 
Um, so we're going to bring Hitting the Marks back. It's not going to be a pro wrestling podcast. It is going to be kind of a pop culture podcast, and that might include some wrestling. It might include some politics. It most likely will include a lot of sports and basically just kind of what's going on in the world. Because at the end of the day, if we can help you escape for even one hour to forget about everything that's going on in this country, in the world right now, then we have a responsibility to do that. And the way that you all looked out for us, the way that you looked out for my family, I owe that to you. So if I can entertain you for an hour, or in today's case, a bit longer, because I think Jimmy and I talked for about an hour and 45 minutes, even though we were on the phone for almost three hours. Um, It's crazy how the world works, that somebody literally half a planet away, I can sit down on Skype and it's Friday here and it's Saturday morning there, and we can just sit down and talk about everything that's going on. And God knows that there is a lot going on in the world right now. So be good to one another, regardless of who you're going to vote for. And and, and don't be telling people that they're throwing away their vote on a third party. I mean, come on. God, there's just so much bullshit to talk about that's happened over the course of the last two months. But there's also 12 G1 Climax shows to review. And Jimmy and I sat down and we tried to knock the whole thing out for you. So if you have not been watching the G1 Climax, get ready to get all caught up. We'll tell you all about the big matches. We'll tell you about some of the bad matches, too. Coming up on the other side of the break. First, this is Mayday with Genesis. This is Blue Fifteen's future vintage. That was May Day with Jettison. That brings me to the man from the future. That's right, because it's tomorrow where he is. And I don't mean he who shall not be named. No, it's my friend from down under, Mr. Jimmy T. Jimmy T. Finally, welcome to the locker room studios. And finally, welcome to Destino. <laughs> Thank you, Jago, for actually having me here, man. It's been a, a long time coming, actually. So I'm, I'm, I'm grateful I'm here. Yeah, I, I think we agreed that we were going to do a show together. Um, and then, of course, the storm hit here. And uh, that was yeah, almost right. two months ago. But now the locker room studios are back online. I'm, I'm talking to an actor from Jersey who's pretending like he's from Australia, <laughs> which we all know does not actually exist. But, man, I'm, I'm telling you, I'm looking at this guy. And he's clearly from Jersey. I, th- I think we've been talking for 45 minutes before I finally hit the record button on this thing. So you'll, you'll have to bear with us on our inside jokes here, ladies and gentlemen. We're old friends at this point. Yeah, no doubt. But that is the best call, dude. <laughs> I'm still laughing about it. You know what I mean? But yeah, I'm here in the future and it's looking bleak. <laughs> the future looks bleak. If the entire world ends bleak. up like Melbourne, we're we're in big trouble, man. You don't want to end up like me, that's for sure. Well, we are here to talk some G1 Climax. We're a little over halfway through the tournament. And, you know, I I, got to admit, man, 
when everything happened with the storm, I was afraid I wasn't going to be able to cover the G1 at all. And now that I've been online for about a week, I have watched all of the Stardom Five Star Grand Prix. I have caught up on all of the New Japan G1 Climax shows. I have watched so much wrestling that it's just absolutely ridiculous. <laughs> so here's how we're going to do this, ladies and gentlemen. We're going to run through nights one through twelve, I believe it is. Um, and what we're going to we'll give you the results off the top. And then anything that we actually think is worth you going back and watching, if you want to get into the G1 Climax, this is the podcast for you. So, Jimmy, I guess before we, we talk about the G1 itself, we got to talk about the Young Lions. Because the way these shows have been formatted, you get one Young Lions match, then you get two G1 matches, intermission, and then three more G1 matches. You can watch the entire show in about two and a half hours. But I tell you what, if you are skipping these Young Lions matches, the Young Lion matches have been fantastic. I made a comment before the last WWE pay-per-view that I'll bet you anything, Uemura versus Yota Suji is going to be the best match of the day. <laughs> who would have thought? Like, seriously, who would have thought that would have been the best match of the day? Like, seriously. They're killing it. The Young Lions are just killing it at this point. I'm actually a fan of quite a few of them, man. I think, like, like I think the future is very bright for New Japan, actually, with these with these young lions, man. I mean, even what's happened to Red to Red Shoe's son? He's overseas. Shota like, on excursion, right? Shota is currently on excursion at Rev Pro. The last time I saw him, he was wearing white and pink tights. I'm not sure what that's all about. I'll have to get white after and, Joe Atherton for that one. White and pink tights. I, I don't know. I still think that, that, that Shota, when he returns from Excursion, they should put him underneath of the Liger hood and make him the new Jushin Liger. I remember you saying that a while back. I can see that, man. Do you reckon that we will actually do another, like, you know, Jushin Thunder Liger again? Well, I mean, we're on Tiger Wait, Mask thing, 4. Isn't it more than that? I thought we were, like, up to 5 or 6 even. No, I, I think we we're on four. And the last I heard, okay. um, Tiger Mask was uh, dealing with a, a diverticulitis. So that's why we haven't Shit. seen Tiger Mask back since the uh, restart has happened. Really? I oh, see. I didn't know that. I was wondering because I actually haven't thought about him for a long time. And now that you bring him up, I I never noticed that he was gone. But you're right. I haven't seen him in a long time. It'd be great if he could uh, return for Best of Super Juniors because we're going to get Best of Super Juniors and World Tag League simultaneously. That's going to be coming up at the end of November Summer. and beginning of December. I'm just wondering, you know, if we can get Jeff Cobb into the country, I, I'm hoping that that means that we can get the Gorillas back into the country for World Tag League. And uh, uh, I'm. El Phantasmo is, is stuck in Canada, so maybe we can get him back into the country for, for the Super Junior side. Oh, yeah, and I, I think there's a couple of good brothers that would uh, like to be no. in the World Tag oh. League. Do you think that's a possibility? Um, I know Machine Gun's been ca calling out uh, Chairman Shugabayashi. Uh, I, I know they've had Rocky Romero on a couple of the episodes of Talk and Shop, so uh, that, that relationship is absolutely on the table at this point i would love to see the good brothers back in new japan so would i dude so would i and really i think bullet club needs a bit of a reshuffle and when i say that i'm talking about out with the new in with the old again you know what i mean because this bullet club now i don't know man i like 
who's the real leader of that group even? Is it evil? Is it is it Jay White? Like, what's going on? Is it Kenta? Like, what's going on? Well, I tell you what. We'll use that as a tease because I have the answer for you coming up a little bit later in the show. Let's go okay, ahead. Let's start with night one, A Block. Um, and, and we start off hot because the first guy that we see out as a victor in the G1 Climax is the grand return of now the assassin. The aerial is gone. He is now simply the <laughs> assassin, Will Offspray. In seven minutes and 34 seconds, Will even gets promo time after the match, which I don't think I've ever seen inside of the G1 Climax. Somebody in the opening match of the G1 getting promo time. But he sure Never. seems like dickhead Osprey to me. I feel a heel <laughs> turn coming for Will Osprey throughout this tournament. What do you make of Osprey at this point? I think the Sex Pig is going to make an appearance. <laughs> Have you heard about that? No, I guess not. Oh, oh, you haven't heard about that. Well, online, like on Twitter specifically, he's always referring to himself as the sex pig. Oh, yes. Percy the sex pig. I believe you can actually yeah. get one now in the token shop on uh, the New Japan no. official site. You can get a Percy the sex no, pig. It, it's on the same <laughs> website as uh, Daryl and uh, the pink one whose name uh, Noru, I think, is is the pink one's name. Is it? Yeah, I think. I think you're right, but really, are you being serious about that now? Or like, yeah, no, you can get a Percy the Sex Pig on, on the New Japan Token oh Shop. Oh, my God. You know what? I'll look into that. I would love to get one. But but it, but my point is, I can definitely see a, a heel turn 100%, and I think he'll be great. I mean, he's jacked up right now, too. We'll talk some more about Osprey because not only was Osprey in the opening match of this tournament – he also has been in a couple of the standout matches of this tournament, and he is in the final match of this tournament. So uh, Osprey's story is one that we're going to be kind of following here. Taichi defeats Jeff Cobb in 12 minutes and 47 seconds. Suzuki over Ishii in 13 minutes. If you like two dudes who do not like each other, just beating the ever-loving piss out of one another, this is the match for you. Shout out to RBV. Jay White defeats Shingo Takagi in 19 minutes and 28 seconds. And then in your main event, Kota Ibushi defeats Kazuchika Okada in 21 minutes and 35 seconds. And this begins the narrative of Jimmy T what the fuck is wrong with Kazuchika Okada because something is very wrong with Kazuchika Okada when he doesn't have the IWGP title there's always something wrong with Kazuchika Okada and uh, you know what's funny him without the belt man I don't know what it is he just doesn't seem the same he doesn't have that aura you know what I mean like it's it's hard to explain he just doesn't seem himself. He's obsessed with this stupid Cobra clutch that we are now calling the money clip. He's freaking obsessed <laughs> yeah. with it. And throughout this entire <laughs> tournament, there's been one guy, one guy who knew how to sell it. I mean, even Kota Ibushi. It was like, there's no way you are choking out Kota Ibushi with that awful looking Cobra clutch. What are you doing? I mean, just hit him with a fucking rainmaker. What are you doing? <laughs> Who uses a Cobra clutch anymore these days? When was the last one? Was it Sergeant Slaughter? Oh, no, sorry. It's uh, Miro, actually, wasn't it? Oh, my God. With the gosh. accolade. Yes, that's <laughs> yeah, right. That's not even, I think he was the one. But before that, it was Sergeant Slaughter, probably. 
You know what I mean? Because uh, he used to use a variation of it, but Iron Sheik used it as a finisher before that. I mean, it, it looks like a really, really bad million-dollar dream. Like, I, I just envisioned that during quarantine, Okada just sat down and watched a bunch of Ted DiBiase matches and was like, I'm going to do that move. I'm going to get that over. The fuck you are to start rainmaker in people. What are you doing? Man, like I said, him without the title, I feel like he's just not the same. I don't know who – I don't know if it's the booking committee that actually – is doing this with him or it's himself, but it kind of brings me back to when he lost the title a while back, a few years ago, when he used to come out with the balloons and stuff like that. You know what I mean? It, like it feels like we need Gato title, just, back. Oof, bad. <laughs> like, I mean, Okada without Gato, I mean, that's really what it yeah. comes down to without Gato. Yeah. He's just not Okada to me. But why is that? Why, why do you think Gato like, it's true. Them two as a pairing were, were awesome together. Well, you know and it's I mean? the same like, way why? with Switchblade. I mean, Gato adds so much oh. to his act. What's going on with Switchblade too, you know? Like, Jay White, I think, I, I never used to be the biggest fan of Jay White, right? Oh, he's like, fantastic. I remember him back in, yeah, I remember him back in Ring of Honor when he just used to be in plain white trunks. It's Excursion. Even then, yeah, thought, when he, that's when he was on Excursion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's right. But now, like, really, I truly think he's one of the best in professional wrestling as a whole. Yeah. I actually think he's got such a bright future. I just hope he gets booked the right way because that guy, he's a lot better than people give him credit for, you know. And at one stage, he was getting X-Park type of heat, if you remember. And he's only 27 years old. That's right. That's right. And he's been doing this for a long time now, yeah. you know. Yeah, he's a prodigy. I mean, they told us that, you know, and yeah. nobody believed him. And now he's the best nobody. deal in the business. Definitely. I totally agree with that. I just, but back to Okada, I just hope he gets out of this weird sort of whatever you want to call him right now predicament, you know. He does need Gato back for sure. I'd love to see that, but will it happen? I think eventually it might. Yeah. We'll, we'll see how this tournament plays out. Night two, B block. Juice Robinson defeats Yoshi Bon Jovi in 15 minutes and 57 <laughs> seconds. Yano defeats Sonata in six minutes and 16 seconds. And thus begins <laughs> Yano's winning streak in the G1 climax. I absolutely fucking hate Yano. In this match, <laughs> the once again tapes Sonata to a young lion and simply beats the 20 count. So Sonata gets counted out and Yano <laughs> wins the match. The master thief that he is. Jimmy, I, I, I hated this because I, I, I freaking hate Yano. And everybody was telling me before the tournament, <laughs> Sonata's going to win this entire tournament. And this yeah. was this was uh, the beginning of two fortunes. Yano goes on a winning streak and Sonata goes on a <laughs> losing streak to start this tournament. <laughs> well, first of all, I'm going to have to disagree with you there, Jago. I used to, I used to absolutely hate Yano, but you know what? He's starting to entertain me, man. You you got to say that was brilliantly done by Yano, dude. He really, the way that finish was, I thought that was absolutely brilliant. I can only put Yano over once per podcast, and it's coming later. <laughs> I'm not wasting it on this Sonata match. I hated this. <laughs> I think I think I have a. <laughs> I think I have an idea. I can't wait to get to that point. Oh, my God. It makes me sick oh, even geez. thinking about it. Kenta <laughs> defeats Goto in 17 minutes and 15 seconds. And it's, 
I'm hoping that this is a nice start for Kenta. It turns out I was wrong. Zack Sabre Jr. defeats Evil in 14 minutes and 54 seconds. And then in your main event, Tetsuya Naito defeats Hiroshi Tanahashi 27 minutes and 16 seconds. I actually thought this might go time limit. They were teasing it and they were teasing it hard. But no, this is just the beginning of Naito's G1. And... Jimmy, after what we have seen from Tetsuya Naito throughout the course of this tournament, number one, I'm not sad that he is walking around with both belts because he has completely reinvented himself as one of the best professional wrestlers in the world again. But man, he is out there working hard. He's averaging like 23 minutes a match at this point. He is going to be gassed by the end of this tournament. And Naito is the best in the business, dude. Like, really, he's... He's my favorite wrestler in New Japan and has been for quite a while now. Dude, I hope they never take the belts off him. Honestly, I would love for him to just go on a two, three, do it, go on an Akata run. Why not? Yeah, give me, give me two and a half years of Naito on top. I'm fine I mean, with I'll that. Be, I'll, <laughs> I'm telling you, so would I. Be, I'll be perfectly fine with that. But that match, actually, I think is up there probably top three best matches so far in the whole g1 and we were talking i actually enjoyed that match we were talking earlier this afternoon this might be the last great hiroshi tanahashi match i mean tanahashi is well rested he is in magnificent shape but regardless of how good a shape he gets into his knees are still absolutely just completely shot but you know if you need one big match Man, Hiroshi Tanahashi can deliver. What what he can't do in the ring anymore, he absolutely makes up for an in-ring IQ. For at least this night, once again, he was the ace of the universe. <laughs> you hit the nail on the head, Jago. I mean, Tanahashi, it, at one point it was sad to see him hobbling to the ring week in, week out. You know, I used to think, damn, man, he just, I don't know what he's doing to himself. But ever since... The the stop like the pandemic hit and then they took a bit of a hiatus. The is in New Japan, man. He's he's a million bucks right now, and I just hope he can keep it up because yeah, that was his last bad match. Before that, I think like we were saying earlier, Jericho was in 2020 this year, and before that would have to be the G1 that was in the states. Yeah, yeah, that, that G1 match against match, Okada. You know I mean? so, yeah, that was a fantastic match. That was a fantastic match, and I was so happy to see how great Naito and Hiroshi Tanahashi was because that match, like I said, for me, for whatever reason, I've enjoyed that the most so far. And there's been some great matchups already, like as we're going to talk about shortly. Yeah, that might be my match of the year. It was just... It was fantastic. And still, to this day, I'm going to put this out there on record because I still want to see it. There's not many dream What's matches that? left in the world because, you know, the, the, the professional wrestling world is so oversaturated at this point. Don't but, even get me started on that. <laughs> but if there is a way that we can get John Cena versus Hiroshi oh, Tanahashi dude. at dude. either WrestleMania or Wrestle Kingdom, that might be the last great dream match. Dude, funny that you brought that up. This is going to sound silly, what I'm about to tell you, right? But recently I was just on YouTube, right? And I was just, you know, just looking. And in my suggestions, there was a video that was 
that these dudes made that basically are playing WWE 2K20, right? And they've made their own storylines. Like, it's actually way better than today's WWE, put it that way. But basically, my point is, they booked John Cena invading New Japan. And they they changed his whole look. Like, he was wearing a T-shirt, like, I kid you not, and it was perfect. It makes such sense, right? It said American Hero, John Cena, right? And with Japanese writing, it was like a like a bright sort of blue shirt. It was just, believe me, if John Cena was ever to come to New Japan, if you see this shirt, it would definitely fit, man. And they made him, like, take over New Japan. Like, he won every belt. He was just destroying everyone. Dude, I think John Cena would be a success in New Japan. I really, truly believe that. I would love to see that match. I mean, just the, the, the amount of star power in that match. Um, and I would also, I would love to see John Cena invade New Japan because then I would get to see Minoru Suzuki versus John Cena. Oh, and I would take such great pleasure in that. Great <laughs> pleasure in that. Could, could you imagine that? Oh, yes. Suzuki, absolutely. Oh, absolutely it would be fantastic. Cena. Yes. Yeah. I would absolutely be loving it. Put it that way. If I saw that, that would be, make my day. But seriously, I do think John Cena would absolutely suit New Japan. And I and by comparison, I also think Hiroshi Tanahashi would do well in the WWE if his knees were not Dude. shot. You know, oh, man. But you know what? For the first time, he doesn't look as bad walking out. Like he's not hobbling like he used to, man. Yeah, there but there's still. Like when he goes running turnbuckle to turnbuckle and jumps over the top rope, it's just like, oh, ace. Yeah, cringe, bad, Man. bad. It's like he's slowly turning into El Cockroach from My Dad's a Heel Wrestler. <laughs> Did you see that movie? It's I tried fantastic. I tried watching it. I love I it. tried watching it, but you <laughs> I love Do you it. really like it? I, I, I did. I, I thought it was fantastic. And I mean, like, there's a moral to the story, and the moral to the story yeah, yeah, is definitely. boo the bad guys. Like, I thought it was it was fantastic. <laughs> I, I love that movie. But Hiroshi Tanahashi slowly turning into El Cockroach. Oh, no, don't say that. Is that still on the on New Japan World at all, the movie? Because that's where I saw so. it last. Man, I might have to watch that again tonight if it's still up there. No, it's no. my second favorite <laughs> New Japan wrestler movie ever. Um, stay, no. <laughs> stay tuned to Destino because at some point I do plan on doing a review of Kaiju Mono starring Kota Ibushi and Minoru Suzuki, which is absolutely fantastic. What? Oh, I, don't, I don't think I've seen that. Minoru that Suzuki out? wrestling Godzilla. Just just imagine that. No. Oh, in your yes, mind. yes, yes. And it's the greatest movie I'll, ever. I've heard about that. Now that just rang a bell. I haven't seen it, but I've heard about it. It's like, it's, it's it, like $15 on Amazon and it's the best $15 okay. that you'll ever spend. <laughs> Let's talk about I night three, <laughs> night three of the A block. It's, it's, Jeff it's, Cobb it's, defeats Shingo Takagi in 10 minutes and 44 seconds. Okada defeats Yujiro with the awful looking money clip. Tai Chi defeats Minoru Suzuki in 12 minutes and 11 seconds. And this one I thought was interesting because it's like, um, are, are, are we getting Tai Chi gone now? Like what? It seems like there's a little bit of tension going on between Tai Chi and Minoru Suzuki, and I'm I'm absolutely down to see a battle for Suzuki Goon between these two. Tai Chi, of all the people inside of this tournament, he has absolutely elevated his stock to me. Like he's not doing real great as far as wins and losses go, but his matches have looked great, dude. 
don't sleep on Tai Chi, man, because you know what? I actually didn't really think of him like too much, like say a couple of years ago. But in the last sort of year, I think he's elevated himself completely and I've become such a big fan of his right now. But this, but Minoru Suzuki has really made him work, man. Like I've never seen Tai Chi even sweat the way he was sweating in that match. It was I mean, a did great you see how match. It was a brilliant match, and I'm glad he got he got the win. Actually, man, I think I think you know there's going to be a lot of big things to come for Tai Chi, man. I th- I truly think he's going to become a main eventer. Wait till about 2021. I truly think he's going to be even elevated even further up. Three things need to happen with Tai Chi. Number one, he needs to keep on his pants. Number two, <laughs> he needs Miho Abe back badly because yeah, that act really that? suffers without Miho Abe. And number three. What's happened to it? Well, I, I think they're just because of COVID, they're Ugh. not bringing her in, you know, and it's the same thing with Peter and Yujiro. Um, number three, if you ever want me to take Tai Chi seriously, we got to change that entrance. I, I, I just, I cannot take him seriously walking around, like not even attempting to lip sing with a microphone. Yeah. Like, I, actually, I just, I can't. I'm actually sort of going to like his theme because it just makes me laugh. And I'll start mimicking it. Like, I'll start literally sort of hyming it, you know, like hymning it. But I think, man, believe me, he's going to become such a great heel. I don't think he. I could never picture him actually being a baby face though. Oh, he's got the most punchable face in New Japan Pro Wrestling. Oh, especially that nose, dude. Yeah, he's got like a pecker on him, like looks like a bloody bird on his on his face. But dude, he's one of the. Like I said, I hope nobody sleeps on Tai Chi because he really is a star, man. And I think people are starting to actually catch on with him, you know. Yeah, he deserves it. Everything that's going through with him is done for a reason. And it's going to build to him getting much higher up the card, man. Tai Chi Goon, coming soon to you. Oh, you think that? That's interesting, actually, Jago. Sorry to, to cut you off there, but you know what? I could see that working, man. I always thought it'd be Sabre Goon. Like, I always thought that Zack Sabre Jr. was being, like, poised for that position. <laughs> but now it kind of feels like it's shifted to Tai Chi. Even even Zack Sabre Jr. refers to him as his Lord and Savior, Tai Chi. Interesting. Interesting. Actually, that's very interesting. For sure, there's going to be a split then. There's got to be. Well, and I mean, let's face it. Suzuki is 52, even though he's still going out there and having incredible matches. Dude, it doesn't matter, man. I don't care what age Suzuki is. He could be 80. I'm still happy to see him go out there, man. Like Absolutely. He's just I, – I got to see him in person wrestle. And, dude, I kid you not, he's more impressive. Like, you feel his aura through the, through the television screen, right? But in person, man, he's got this, this aura about him, man. I can't explain it. He really is truly a legend in this business, man. And not just in professional wrestling, but MMA and – and also, like, man, he's just – He's just the, a legend, man, and I hope he can keep going as long as he can. And I still think he'll wrestle a couple more years. Oh, yeah, but he's de- absolutely got to go out on top. He's got to go out as a babyface. So you, you have Tai Chi turn on him, turn Suzuki babyface, and, and that's like his last program. 
and and believe me when I tell you, he'll be a great baby face man. Absolutely. And he can still play that mean, but he will be I think people are edgy like edging to like cheery man. Like and when I say cheery, I'm not talking about us like Western fans. I'm talking about even like the people in Japan wanted like I think everyone's ready just to get behind Suzuki, man, and why not? Yeah, I mean, he is the baddest man on the planet. For the love of God, the boogeyman looks under his bed for Minoru Suzuki. (laughs) You know, I mean, like, he's a terrifying, terrifying man. Well, Osprey defeats Tomohiro Ishii in 18 minutes and 20 seconds. And then in your main event, Switchblade Jay White defeats Kota Ibushi in 20 minutes and 28 seconds. And the finish of this match is one of the most beautiful things that you'll ever see as Kota Ibushi goes for the Kamagoye and Switchblade just simply catches him with a Blade Runner and pins his ass. I mean, this is Kota Ibushi beating up Switchblade Jay White for 20 minutes and 25 seconds. But the match went 20 minutes and 28 seconds. Because Switchblade <laughs> just caught him with a Blade Runner, and that was it. Put over the Blade Runner, huge. And why not? I mean, Jay White. I don't care what anybody says. He's he's one of the best in the game, man. I feel like he is the best defensive wrestler on the planet. Like no matter That's what you try to throw at Jay White, he will counter it into his own signature offense, which is an art that is just kind of unmatched in today's wrestling. I've always said he reminds me a lot of Hunter Hearst Helmsley. Like he's not triple H yet, (laughs) but he reminds me a lot of Hunter Hearst Helmsley. Jago, that is a great call, dude. I actually agree with you. I never thought of it like that before, but I can see what you're talking about. He does have those Hunter Hearst Helmsley sort of, mannerisms like mannerisms about him like mixed with captain jack spaulding you know like (laughs) he he looks like a dirty knife pirate that's (laughs) well he's the switchblade right i mean dude he's that's a great call like i i I actually like that and i can see that you know what i mean like i don't i don't understand why he gets the heat that he does sometimes because he's that good like, but that's it. That's right. That's the thing. Like when, when, when people that are like so big a wrestling fans, right? Like that, that are listening to shows like this, right? When you hate Switchblade Jay White, it's because you're supposed to hate Switchblade Jay yeah, White. That's right. That's, that's how right. And freaking good he it. is at his job. Exactly. Exactly. And people don't even realize it. Yeah. I just, like, oh, I can't I stand can't him. I just loathe that guy. Oh. And it's like, well. Good. You're not supposed to cheer yeah. Switchblade JY. Yeah, that's right. But man, he really is. He really is one of the best around right now. It's like, look, look in the whole aspect of professional wrestling. Who's a real great heel right now, man? Like, really? He's up there right now. He's got to be. I don't care what anybody says. I mean, he is such a heel that during the pandemic in Japan, the fans cannot <laughs> cheer. Like, we have fans at the shows, but all they can do is clap. They cannot cheer. If you cheer, you are going to be thrown out of the building. That is the rule. Really? Yeah, that's why that's why the fans oh, have been the way that they've been. Yeah. And that's also why that. that's also why Switchblade is trying so hard to start Okada <laughs> chants. Or you know, like he's out there getting on the mic, cheering that's along it, the baby face because he wants you to cheer so that your ass gets thrown out of the fucking show because he's a you know dirtbag heel. And you know what's funny though? 
I bet you they would actually throw him out. If he made like everyone yes. start full cheering, I guarantee. <laughs> hey, dude, and they're strict, man. Like when I went to New Japan events down here, I kid you not, I'll, I look, I took a few videos, right? And I got threatened to get kicked out because I forgot at how friggin' strict they are about recording their events. And that's dead set true, man. They're really that bad. Yeah, don't don't screw with the Japanese. Jay White <laughs> loves screwing with the Japanese. Uh, man, and, and, and he should. <laughs> oh, it's so great. It's so great. Let's talk night four. In the B block, Goto defeats Sonata as the Sonata losing streak continues. Yeah, he's going to win the tournament. Uh-huh. Yano defeats Tanahashi with his eyes closed. Yeah, he pinned the ace of the universe with tape all around his eyes. He couldn't even see what he was doing and pins the ace of the fucking universe. I was pissed, dude. I was so pissed. Oh, I was so mad by that match. Juice defeats Kenta in 17 minutes and one second. And we, we actually have a development going on with the IWGP United States championship. Kenta, of course, won the, the new Japan cup of America. So now he is the number one contender to John Moxley's championship, but juice Robinson, he wants that briefcase. And this time he's going to try not to shit himself when he's in the ring with Kenta. (laughs) Let's throw it over to this word from juice Robinson. All right. I'm going to be literal for a second, Hashizume. I'm going to be literal. You ready? Literally, Kenta just kicked the shit out of me. You know what that means? Hanto, baby, he kicked the shit out of me. I ain't kidding. It ain't a figure of speech. I'm going to have to check my underwear because I may have sharted. Probably sharted. You know what a shart is, Hashizume? You know what a shart is? And when you think it's a fart, it's a little bit more. Yeah, I shared it. Poopsie daisy. Anyways, enough messing around. There is no one in this entire G1, A block or B, that has more points than Juice Robinson. Am I right? Does Ishii have more points than me? No. Does Goto have more points than me? No. Naito, Sonata, Evil, Kenta? No. Huh? Bitch Blade? No. Okada? No! Aspray? No! Not even the great Tanahashi! Not even the ace of the universe! His ass doesn't have more points than my guy's in ass right now! That's right! Two for two. Four points for sweet brother Joseph. That's right. That one, you might have been able to say was unpredictable. Okay? That one, maybe I got lucky. You'd rather be lucky than good. Well, tonight I was good and I was lucky. All right, Corican on the 29th. Need you cue, baby. Juice Robinson against Hiroshi Tanahashi. And I'm not gonna blah, 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 blah about how he's my big time senpai. He used to be my tag partner. We know the history between me and Tanahashi. We know he's the ace of the universe. And he didn't get that nickname by drawing it out of an effing hat. All right, he's the man. But you know what the law of the jungle is, right, Hashizume? That old tiger, as sexy as his mane is, one day a young, even sexier little tiger is going to come in and he's going to knock that guy off of his pedestal. It's going to happen. 
Is it going to be me on the 29th? I don't know. Stay tuned and find out. That's why the G1's so much damn fun, ain't it, Hashizume? You're going to grow your hair out? How long? To your ketsu? All the way down to the ketsu, Noana? Grow it out, baby, all the way. Me too, brother. That's right, Jimmy. Kenta literally kicked the shit out of Juice Robinson. He shit his pants in this match. And he still defeats Kenta in 17 minutes and one second. Juice Robinson promos, one of the highlights of the G1 Climax. Which way do you want to look at this, man? You got the U.S. title. You got Juice shitting himself. You got Kenta losing a whole bunch of matches. Like, what what do you want to talk about when it comes to Juice and Kenta? Dude, first of all, what the hell is Juice's look? He's one of the Blues Brothers. Dude. (laughs) I was a fan of Juice Robinson. Why? Right? But I actually, I don't know. Dude. Look, I didn't mind him, right? I'm not, I'm not, I don't mean like a big like fan or anything like that, but like, I didn't mind him, right? But now he's gone backwards, dude. Like someone's got to tell him like to change his look. Seriously, it's it's ridiculous, man. It's ever since he cut off his dreads. <sighs> yeah, I just can't stand him anymore, man. Like, and I and if. God willing, he does not get that briefcase, dude. Are you sure that it's not simply the fact that you resent Juice Robinson because he's banging Tony Storm? Oh, I do, dude. I do resent. I'm telling you, man. I do resent him for that because Tony Storm, geez. Hey, she's from here, actually. So she's, man, she's the hottest dude. He's one lucky dude. Put it that way. And what's with these friggin'. I've noticed now, like, all these moves are getting sort of, you know, the the name Juice Robinson, right? Wasn't it meant to be like he was, like, he used to pick up all the chicks and stuff like that, right? Isn't that his original gimmick yeah. based off, right? Yep. And then what's with all the orange juice references now? Have you noticed that? What can you say? Orange Cassidy is over, you know? I mean, when you're See over, See what I mean? Over, like, you know? Like, that's just, that's why just juice, change your look, dude, please. And change the name of your finishes, too. And stop (laughs) shitting your pants. And stop shitting your pants. That's it. (laughs) Like, geez. Kenta literally kicked the shit out of him. And what's up with, and even Kenta, man, like, I want them to give him a, like, he deserves to even win the tournament, I reckon, you know? Like, I don't know, man. I think there's... Stop sort of this stop and go with Kenta, man. I don't know. Yeah. I wonder how much of that is because he's a Noah guy, you know? I bet you that's why. He's he's definitely known for that's why I'm still shocked when he actually did sign with New Japan, man, because he was always a Noah guy, always, and he's always gonna be known for that, you know? Yeah. But what do you do? That's politics, right? In professional wrestling politics anyway. Let's talk night five. Tai Chi defeats Yujiro in 11 minutes and three seconds. If you like two big guys who don't like each other beating one another up, here's another one for you. Minoru Suzuki defeats Jeff Cobb in nine minutes and 24 seconds. Yeah, enjoyed the shit out of those. Um, Ibushi and Ishii. Ibushi over Ishii, 15 minutes and 41 seconds. And then I was looking forward to this one. These two guys never been in the ring together. And they go out there and just tear the freaking house down. Shingo Takagi defeats Will Ospreay, humbling Will Ospreay just a little bit. 22 minutes and three seconds. And 
I think this is our second five-star match of the tournament. I thought this was just Different. absolutely fantastic. Tagaki, man, he's another one that's so underrated. Shingo Folks, he- is the new Tomohiro Ishii. He's the guy who goes out and has a great match with everybody, but he doesn't win a lot. That's true, but I think he's even better than Ishii, I, I dare say, man. Like, he's be- I reckon he'll become better than Ishii. Like, I, I love Ishii, right? But, like, I think his height really lets him down, though, man. Like, yeah. if you see him in person, he is tiny, dude. Well, it's because he doesn't he have a neck. A, he does not have a neck. That's true. But he's so small in person. Like, on TV, they managed to make it make him look a bit bigger sort of thing. But if he was bigger, dude, he'd be massive. Like, he'd be a huge star, man, I reckon, personally, anyway. I think Shingo but that match was is, brilliant. I think he's got that ceiling though, where he's going to be an See? intercontinental level guy. Again, probably because of his size, man. Well, that, and again, he came up through Dragon Gate. He's not a new and that Japan too. guy. And that too. But I think he's treated better than say Kenta in some ways, man, because I think the way they book him, even when he loses, he looks strong. Do you know what I mean? Like, well, Shingo's. I don't think he fantastic. looks that bad. My God, that's that's right, exactly. So you can't really go wrong with him, man. Shingo, you can't screw him up. Like I really, you just can't. All I he think does he's is get himself he's over. Brilliant. That's right, that's exactly. It. And he knows how to. So he turns literally chicken shit into chicken salad, man. Switchblade Jay White defeats Kazuchika Okada in 18 minutes and 48 seconds in your main event, which nobody cared about after Shingo and Osprey, which is screwed up when you're talking about two of the biggest stars in the company with, you know, like a two year storyline about how much they hate one another. But this is not the Okada that, you know, hates Switchblade Jay White. This is whatever they're doing with Okada. Like at this point in the tournament, I came to the realization that whatever is going on here is some kind of a storyline. Like Okada's going out and wrestling like shit on purpose. And I just, I don't understand it. Well, what are they trying to get at though? That's like, that's what I don't get. Like he's arguably the best guy on the roster. So let's have him go on this whole path of like trying to find himself again and reinvent himself with this, stupid awful looking submission that looks like shit and let's have him go out and have shitty matches with other guys who are great and i just like what are we doing with okada like i'm just i'm so perplexed by this look knowing jado and gato there's going to be an end game to this but I don't know, like, uh, where is this leading to? Do you have any idea, like, where can we get to with this sort of storyline? Like, is he going to be mentally gone? Or, like, what's, like, what is this alluding to? That's what I don't understand. It doesn't make sense to me yet. Obviously, it doesn't make sense to you yet either. So, I just don't know what's happening with with Akata. It kind of does remind me of a couple years ago, though, slightly. But maybe it is leading to to Gato reuniting with uh, Okada, especially if the Good Brothers come back and maybe you get Gato away from the Bullet Club. Maybe that's where – think of it like a Macho Man Randy Savage, Miss Elizabeth, WrestleMania 7 sort of 
like type of story. Maybe it's going to something like that. Have you thought about that? Maybe that that could make sense to me. Other than that, I don't know where they're trying to go. So in this scenario, ladies and gentlemen, Gato is Miss Elizabeth. <laughs> just let that sink in for a second. Gato, Miss Elizabeth. But you get what I mean, right? You, I totally you get, get what, what you I mean, mean by that, right? Yeah, yeah. It's just, you know. Is that possibly? I'm imagining Gato sitting on Macho Man's shoulder now, you know? <laughs> oh, well, not Thank exactly that. like that, right? But <laughs> <laughs> now, now that I think back to it, I'm thinking, actually, that sounds <laughs> that sounds so wrong, right? But But I was trying to get, like, to a point, like, I'm not saying it's going to go exactly like that, but right. think of the, you know, like them two reuniting. I can see oh. something leading to that. Yeah, just just wait for it. I got it. I got it. Night <laughs> six in the B block. Yoshihashi defeats Sonata because, you know, Sonata sucks. Um, Yoshi Bon Jovi, 15 minutes and 15 <laughs> seconds. And I got to tell you, Tomohiro Ishii is going to be the MVP of the G1 Climax because that's what Tomohiro Ishii does. Shingo Takagi is going to be second. And third is Yoshihashi. Yoshihashi has looked fantastic in this G1. I can't believe I'm even saying that. But Yoshihashi, like we have turned back time five years and suddenly this young up and comer, Yoshihashi, he looks pretty damn good. Can you say that again, Jaga? I can't believe you just said that, dude. I, hey, man, I just speak the truth. Did I- did I hear what I just heard? You putting over. <laughs> he's looked great in this tournament. And he's only Yoshi, won one match. Yoshi Bon Jovi. Yoshi Bon Jovi. Yoshi Bon Jovi. Look, you know what? I'm, I ain't going to lie, man. I actually have enjoyed a couple of his matches. And, he, I mean, he does hold the title for the first time, right? The never open weight three-man championship. Yoshihashi has had a really good year by Yoshihashi standards. But, well, man, he used to be the most clumsiest friggin' wrestler around. The best thing about Yoshihashi what? is his hair. That's why I call him Yoshi Bon Jovi. <laughs> yeah, I was wondering why you were calling him that. And now that you said that, God damn it, man, you've ruined Bon Jovi for me. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> not, that, not that I'm the biggest fan of Bon Jovi anyway, but Jesus, I'm never uh-huh, going to Way to backtrack bon that way. one. Mm-hmm. Oh, bon Jovi's God. huge in Australia. <laughs> I see how it is. Uh, you know, I hate to admit it. The <laughs> amount of times, don't even get me started. Anyway, that that's another story. But anyway, Yoshihashi, quite possibly the third MVP. He's if we had like great. an all New Japan team for G One, would he be in the first team? Yes, absolutely. And it's so. <laughs> I mean, yeah, we're talking about a guy who's won one. He's like one in five at this point. But I thought he has looked fantastic in those five losses. Well, it's only taken him like five, six years, right? Yeah. Yeah, him and Okada <laughs> you know were I mean? in the so, same class. I mean, oh my God. think about that. Well, finally, exactly. Let that sink in. I mean, but hey, good on him. It's only taken him a few years, but I think maybe Bon Yoshi, Yoshi Hashi Bon Jovi, how'd you put it? Yoshi Bon Jovi. Yoshi Bon Jovi, I think he's he's finally arriving, but he's got to get rid of that mouth guard, man, because it oh, reminds God. me of gums. Like it's like he's got no teeth. He's got green and gums. I keep, 
<laughs> I can't stand his mouth guards, man. I can't stand Yoshi. But he, he, but he's looked great in this tournament. Same here. It is what it is because I can't stand him either, man. So, but he has, he has impressed, and I hope, like, let's hope for the best for him, man. Because if he starts showing his worth, it's been a long time because he really used to be the biggest botch wrestler in New Japan, man. It was yep. pretty bad, actually. Kenta defeats Zack Sabre Jr. in 1546. Tanahashi over Juice Robinson in 14 minutes and 16 seconds. Yano defeats Evil in 4 minutes and 33 seconds. We're still on the Yano winning streak. Naito defeats Goto in 21 minutes and 58 seconds in the main event. And it was okay. I mean, it's it's Tetsuya Naito versus Roman Reigns. I mean, Hiroki Goto. <laughs> and uh, it, it, it was what it was. Night 7 A Block, Suzuki defeats Yujiro in 7 minutes and 53 seconds. Kota Ibushi over Jeff Cobb in 10 minutes and 43 seconds. Okada defeats Tai Chi via the money clip in a referee stoppage in 17 minutes and 3 seconds. I said there was one guy in this tournament that knew how to sell that move. It was fucking Tai Chi. This was probably <laughs> the best match that Okada has had in the tournament, and it was against Tai Chi all because Tai Chi knows how to sell and take off his pants. Will Ospreay <laughs> defeats Swishblade Jay White in 18 minutes and 46 seconds. And this might be the most important match of the entire tournament when it comes to the A block, because now the tiebreakers are starting to come into effect. Swishblade Jay White defeated Kazuchika Okada. Will Ospreay has defeated Swishblade Jay White. And Will Ospreay is going to face off with Kazuchika Okada in the final match of the A block. Um, Tiebreakers starting to become pretty important at this point in the tournament. And then we got this promo from Will Ospreay backstage. So, who is next? Ah, the golden boy, the chosen one, Kota Ibushi, my good friend, Tamadashi. I love you, Kota, you handsome man. But, 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 I am out for payback for last year. Yes, I know, I concussed you at Wrestle Kingdom 13 and took away a very long period of time, but that's what it is. This is business. The idea is if I beat you up to a pulp where you cannot continue, I get paid more. This is the greatest. But you did beat me last year at the G1. So, it's time for payback, Ibushi. See you soon. I know. Oh, as well as that. Jay White, good, good on playing that game. That manager thing. Smart, smart thing. Jimmy T. Will Ospreay, while he was on quarantine, clearly was watching nothing but Kenny Omega promos. He sounds just <laughs> like Kenny Omega in this promo. And at the end, he makes a comment about, hey, Jay, you know that whole getting a manager thing. That's that's a pretty good idea. So now we have come to the point that we were teasing earlier. In the final match, Will Ospreay versus Kazuchika Okada, it is very possible that we could see Switchblade Jay White having to pull for Will Ospreay to defeat Kazuchika Okada in order to make it to the finals. Or if Will Ospreay wins, maybe he could advance to the finals. So let's let's talk about it. Okada goes on a winning streak. He's starting to find himself again. But what's the one thing that he needs? 
The one thing he needs to actually become the Rainmaker again is Gato. And Gato <laughs> comes out and he corners Okada for this <laughs> match. Only to turn on Okada again, Will Ospreay turns full bore heel, joins the Bullet Club as the assassin Will Ospreay with Gato in his corner. I mean, it's the ultimate betrayal. Jay White has said for years that he had a mole in chaos. It would only make sense that it's Okada's right-hand man, Will Ospreay. Ospreay's been a dickhead ever since he came back. This all makes sense. Osprey's going to join the fucking Bullet Club and Gato's going to be his manager. Honestly, dude, I don't know if I like this, to be honest. Like, do, you, do we really need another Bullet Club leader? I mean, and not just that, another Bullet Club member? Like, really, where's Bullet Club? They're just not the same, man. Like, I don't, I hope Will Osprey can elevate him again. But, I don't know, man. I, I don't know. I don't know, but I don't know what to think about this. Like, do you, what do you think? Well, well, we'll talk about Bullet Club a little bit more here in just a second, because we've got to talk uh, about this evil and Kenta match from night eight. But first, we, let, let's run through some more results here. Ishii defeats Shingo in the main event of that show, 26 minute and one second. Those two guys working together, they, they can fight forever, and I will watch the shit out of that. Night 8 in the B block, Juice Robinson defeats Toru Yano in 6 minutes and 42 seconds, because you can't bullshit a bullshitter, as Juice Robinson would say. Zack Sabre Jr. defeats Goto in 3 minutes and 59 seconds. This one kind of came out of nowhere, but don't worry. If you have a really, really short match like that, We'll get you one back, Goto. Don't worry about it. <laughs> Tanahashi defeats Yoshi Bon Jovi in 18 minutes and 41 seconds. And then we get to the interesting matches of the night. Evil defeats Kenta in 15 minutes and 40 seconds. But, of course, what everybody's talking about is the beginning of the match when Kenta walks to the middle of the ring and he throws up the two sweet. Evil throws up the too sweet and proceeds to too sweet Dick Togo and pull out every dirty trick in the book that he possibly can find in order for Evil to defeat Kenta in 15 minutes and 40 seconds. Afterwards, we would see Switchblade work on night nine, but he had these words for Evil regarding the matchup against Kenta. Evil, Evil, me and you, we're on different days of the J1 Climax. So me and you, we haven't and probably won't see each other. Unless you can somehow make it to the final and meet me there. Evil, I watched, I watched you versus Kenta. I saw that shit that you and Togo pulled. Let me say very politely, that is not going to fly. You wouldn't be where you are right now if it wasn't for Bullet Club. Let me remind you, you won a New Japan Cup with an easy field with the help of Bullet Club. If it wasn't for this man, you wouldn't be able to wear a t-shirt designed for yourself in the Bullet Club style. No, no, no. So you won the New Japan Cup with Bullet Club's help. Then you beat Naito with Bullet Club's help. Then your only defense was against a little itty bitty junior. Evil. I guess a junior. And then your next match. 
You lost the belt back to Naito, the belt that you wouldn't have even had in the first place if it wasn't for Bullet Club. So you need to check your displaced confidence and remember that you wouldn't be where you are without Bullet Club. Remember that when you're out there throwing up the two sweet and the gun signs with Dick Togo. Just remember that. But good luck for the rest of your matches and maybe, maybe we can have this talk in the G1 fight. So there we have it. There is your answer. Jay White is the leader of the Bullet Club. He has established that he is the alpha and that this kind of shit is not going to stand under his watch. And he is hoping that evil can make it to the finals where he will once run into the switchblade. Um, this is a... Uh, it's getting tumultuous because it seems to me that we now have the hierarchy of Bullet Club. It's Switchblade J. White is number one. At number two, we have <laughs> Evil. At number three, we have Kenta. So if Osprey is going to join up with the Bullet Club, we are going to clearly see a divide. But we already kind of have a divide because during the quarantine, we had an all-Japanese Bullet Club for the very, very first time. What and if we see, wasn't once again, we have a Gaijin bullet club and we have the Japanese, whatever evil's doing right now, dude, wasn't bullet club meant to be everyone that's not Japanese, right? Well, originally, yeah, it was, a, it, it was yeah. a Gaijin stable until Yujiro joined. That's right. And that was, I was cool with that, but now it, it's not what it stands for anymore, man. It's just, it's not what it is. And really, how many times do we need to see this sort of same situation? You know what I mean? Just with different cast of characters. You know, like I just I'm not sure if I really like this direction. You know. Well, here is the fear: if you continue down this direction, they're gonna turn Switchblade J White babyface. That's what's gonna happen. I don't think is I don't think it's the right time for that. I don't either. I think it's I should, way too soon way too soon and if they do that he's just going to get resentment right now from a big portion of the fan base unfortunately so if they do that yeah uh, it's not the time yet man it's just not the time definitely not the time yeah they have to tread very very carefully with this one very but, carefully yeah it, it's going to be interesting to see how this shakes out would you like to see an evil and switchblade final that's not going to happen but would you like to see it no i actually wouldn't want to see that actually would you no because it's two heels yeah like who are you pulling yeah. for to win then that's how you turn switchblade and that's baby not like face. new japan that's right and that's not new japan style anyway so that won't happen regardless but hypothetically hypothetically i wouldn't want to see that anyway regardless even if one of them was a baby face, I still wouldn't want to see that. The other bomb that's dropped in that Switchblade J. White promo is him talking shit about Hiromu Takahashi. So now I want to see Hiromu versus Switchblade J. White just because I'm a selfish prick and I really want to see that match. Well, that makes two of us because I would absolutely love to see that match. And Takahashi, man, he's, he's a main eventer, I reckon, right now. Like, man... He has got – he oozes with charisma. That guy gets it, man. He just gets it. And I think – don't be surprised if he becomes the leader eventually of Los Ingobernables, Dejapan, because 
dude, that guy, he really is Naito's sort of student. You know what I mean? Like yeah. he really gets it and he's just got star written all over him. Well, let's talk about another one of those guys from Los Ingobernables de Japón. That's $50, Mr. Rhodes. Uh, <laughs> Sonata defeats Tetsuya Naito, the second time in this tournament that we have seen the stable leader go down to somebody below him. Sonata finally gets himself a win in 27 mm -hmm. minutes and 8 seconds just to keep 8-Track Brown and Billy Ray Valentine happy. <laughs> now, Sonata will be owed a title shot even though he has sucked ass throughout this entire tournament, his first <laughs> win of the tournament, and he just happens to pin the double champion. So Sonata will now get a title match. Um, I don't know, man. Sonata, I, I just, I, I have such a love hate relationship with Sonata. I agree. Actually, I've got the same, because the thing is right. When that, when they were sort of trying to elevate him to become this next big thing, they kind of push him to the moon and then they put the brakes on, man, and then bring him back a little and then do it again and then bring him back a little. I think there's something missing with Sonata. I can't really put my finger on it because he's got the look. He looks great. He gets it. He's a he's a great performer. But there's just something. You don't connect with Sonata. Because yeah, Sonata's entire gimmick is literally that he has no personality. <laughs> but that's right. That's that's true. That's that literally true. the gimmick. And so there's nothing that connects me to Sonata because he's just And he's a serious Sonata. guy. Yeah, that's right. Even in, in the group within Los Ingobernables, like, even then, he gets, you know, sometimes he comes across like he's upset with Naito or... Like, you know, you, you know what I'm saying? And you're right, actually, that is his gimmick. But why are they going, why are they trying to push him one minute and then pull him back on him the next and you just start, start, go, stop, go? Like, what's up with that, you know? I think the and All really, Japan run really, really hurt him for one reason or another. When All Japan put Sonata on top, and All Japan just failed miserably because nobody would pay to see Sonata. And that's when Sonata came over to the States and most of us started seeing oh. him when he was working in TNA. TNA, yep. Yep, and then he found his way back over to New Japan. And I just, I think they're very, very hesitant to put Sonata on top because they saw what happened to All Japan when they put Sonata on top. Yeah, but let's be fair here. All Japan is a shadow of its old self, you know, compared to New Japan. And yeah, I was but, a big but fan But the problem of is it, it took a very downhill trajectory when they put Sonata on top, you know? I mean, it's it was it all Sonata's fault? Absolutely not. No, of course but not. But he surely no, no, didn't no. turn it around either. That's true too. I mean, that's like I was saying before. Is he hungry enough to get that top spot? That's the thing. Is that what's holding him back? You know, is that what why Jado and Gato don't want to, like, book him to the moon? Because at times it does seem like they, they're building towards that, but then they just put it to a halt, you know? But we will get a Sonata versus Naito championship match. I assume that will happen at Power Struggle. You know, which will just kind of be one of those throwaway pay-per-views and Naito beat Sonata, get his win back. That's and, right. You know, blah, blah, blah. There's no, there's no chance Sonata is going to become champ. Not at this point. Not, not at this no point. No way. No way. 
Night 9 of the A block, Shingo defeats Yujiro in 13 minutes and 28 seconds in probably the most predictable match of the entire tournament. Cobb defeats Switchblade Jay White in 12 minutes and 24 seconds, which caught everybody by surprise, giving Jeff Cobb a, the biggest win of his pro wrestling career that I've seen. Kazushika Okada defeats Minoru Suzuki in 14 minutes and 12 seconds with a roll-up. <laughs> He rolled up Minoru Suzuki. Kazuchika <laughs> Okada rolls up Minoru Suzuki in 14 minutes and 12 seconds. Like, I don't think I've uh, ever been more disappointed in a G1 match. And Suzuki was dude, pissed. I don't blame him. I bet you he was pissed. I mean, wasn't there like he was he's been pissed with New Japan not too long times. ago, too, right? Right. Multiple times. So don't, don't be surprised if if there's some sort of like hate or something going on there. Well, Suzuki's kind of like, been, he's like the CM Punk uh, of, of New Japan yeah, yeah, pro yeah, wrestling, where it's just like, you know, when, when they're telling Punk, you know, oh, well, you're going to lose to The Undertaker. <laughs> and he's like, well, yeah, but I have to come to work on Monday and Taker's going to take like the next six months off. Like he just got tired of being buried. And, and that's basically where Suzuki has been multiple times with New Japan. And again, is it because of his past? Yeah, but I mean, like you, you know watch I mean? the Suzuki 30th anniversary match against Okada in the fucking rain in the streets of Tokyo, and it's like the most powerful thing ever. And Suzuki's working total baby face, and they're just rallying around him. It's fantastic. And then you watch this match, and you wouldn't even believe they were the same two guys. Dude, you know when they should have pulled the trigger with Suzuki, actually? Remember back, I think, Wrestle Kingdom against um, Jutsun Thunder Liger, his last match? Do you remember? And if you remember, just before that, there were sort of signs of him turning babyface, right? But when he bowed down to Liger is when they should have turned him, right? At that point, he would have been over like Rover, you know what I mean? Like Dude, that he, was so powerful coming from Suzuki. That was powerful. Oh. That was powerful. That got to me, dude. That's like one My of those, like, is, even people that don't watch New Japan, like, by the time you see the end of that match, you're just like, damn. Like, as you can just tell, these are two (laughs) warriors that have been at it for 30 years. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. And that really, I felt that, man. That was, that was such an awesome thing to see. And even at that point, I just wanted to get behind Suzuki all the way. And then we have right now, what the hell are they doing? Actually, you know what? I dare say, is this the worst G1 we've seen so far in a while? Like in a few years? (sighs) I don't know, man, because there, there, there's stuff like this, like what's going on with Okada that just absolutely sucks. But then I'm also that, seeing that's... like the elevation of Tai Chi. I'm seeing the elevation of Yoshihashi. I'm seeing the establishment of Jeff Cobb. I'm seeing all these great young lion matches. Right. I'm seeing matches with, you know, with Shingo Takagi and Will Ospreay just going out there and burning the place down. And I don't know. It, it feels like it's a, a pretty typical G1 to me. Yeah, it does, and that's awesome, like what you just said, what you brought up. But there is a lot of weird booking decisions that just don't seem right to me, you know? Like, yeah, no, I don't, I don't know. disagree. Like, it just there's something just a little bit off for me. Maybe because the G1, it, look, let's be fair, it does drag on, especially at this point a little bit, you know? Right. And it's hard to keep up sometimes, you know, but – 
I don't know, man. Like, you're also not getting like nearly the, as much story because we don't have any of the undercard tags. So all these matches feel had, so cold. Yeah, but at the same time, those tag matches were so throwaways too. Yeah, we used to see the blocks, like opponents going against each other in the tag matches and stuff. But I kind of like the new format now, and especially that it goes under three hours, like two and a half hours on yeah. average. I think that's perfectly like placed, you know? Agreed. But, but yeah, it seems like a new guard is coming up in New Japan, dude. Like The young, well, if you want to call them young, but they're definitely pushing new people and it's the old is sort of getting neglected just a little bit. Yeah. No, I, I don't disagree. Ishii defeats Tai Chi in 18 minutes and 48 seconds. And then in your main event, Kota Ibushi, Kamagoye's Will Ospreay so hard that if you look out your window right now, you <laughs> might be able to see Will Ospreay's head still in orbit. The match goes 15 minutes and 56 seconds. It was fantastic. I love watching Ibushi and Osprey in the ring together because while there's there's so much of it that is so choreographed and it becomes such a huge spot fest, these two guys are just so damn good at that style that I don't care. Yeah, neither do I, man. I actually don't care. I, I hate well, How many years ago was that notorious match that they both had? Where, um, Osprey everything- and Ricochet? Oh, yeah, it was Ricochet. That's right. It was Ricochet. Sorry. I don't know why I thought Kota Ibushi, but even that, yeah, as like back then, every time Osprey is in those types of matches, and Kota's kind of similar, you know, mm-hmm. but not exactly. I don't care if they, like, I don't care. Man, they're just, they're experts at their craft, and it's always a joy to watch both of them in the ring together, man. So I'm not complaining. Night 10, B Block. Features the greatest wrestling match in the history of professional wrestling. When my two (laughs) least favorite talents in New Japan Pro Wrestling, Hiroki Goto faces off with Toru Yano. And they go out and they have a seven and a half star classic. (laughs) The match goes all of 18 seconds when Yano offers Goto a t-shirt and Goto says, no, fuck you, and tosses it back to (laughs) Yano. And Yano turns around to take it back to his corner and Goto clotheslines that motherfucker right in the back of the head, knocks his fat ass out. And then puts him in a crazy fucking pinning combination and just plain beats him. Goto, we told you we'd get you back for that Zack Sabre Jr. <laughs> loss that came quick. Goto versus Yano, 18 seconds. Greatest wrestling match ever. Ever. <laughs> Steamboat and Flair, Omega and Okada. <laughs> Go sit at the back of the bus. There is a new leader as Hiroki Goto defeats Toru Yano in the greatest wrestling match ever. Dude, when you first was sort of alluding to that match before I actually watched it, I was like, are you trolling me, man? Like, and then I saw it and I just laughed. That was brilliant, man. And now I get the Roman Reigns sort of, uh, Comparison because that is exactly how he would have been booked over someone like a Yano, dude. It's a perfect match. It's the perfect match. If you're going into a fight against Toru Yano, 
you would play it exactly the way Hiroki Goto did. As soon as Yano turned around, you would clothesline that motherfucker in the back of the head, knock him out, <laughs> and pin his ass. That was a perfect wrestling match, and nobody will ever tell me otherwise. Seven and a half stars. <laughs> Is that we're quoting you right now? Seven and a half stars? Seven and a half stars. Would have been nine <laughs> if it happened in the Tokyo Dome, but no, only seven and a half. But I still, that is the greatest oh, okay. wrestling match ever. Seven and a half stars, oh, Goto defeats Yano. <laughs> that was good though, man. Like I say, I think Yano has been the MVP. Seriously, and I'm not talking about from a win-loss aspect. I mean just pure storytelling in the ring psychology, man. The guy who gets it, really. He knows how to like make others look good or make others look bad. Either way... Man, I'm actually enjoying what's happening with Yano either way, dude. I actually am. I really am. I can't believe I'm saying that, but I am. Greatest match ever. <laughs> Sonata defeats Zack Sabre Jr. in 14 minutes and 31 seconds. Sonata now finding himself on a bit of a winning streak. Evil defeats Juice Robinson in 15 minutes and 35 seconds. Once again, in nomination for promo of the G1, here is Juice Robinson. Oh, you say everything's evil. Everything's evil, huh, evil? Well, I got news for you. Everything ain't evil. Puppies aren't evil. Rainbows aren't evil. Hashizume, are they? Sunshine and daisies? That ain't evil. I ain't evil. I'm a sweet boy. You know it. You're evil, evil. And Dick to go is evil, too. Well, Dick, this ain't 1998. And this ain't WWF. And I ain't Val Venus. And I don't see Hamaguchi-san. Or anybody else out there, you ain't choppy choppy in my PP, alright? You can look, but you can't touch. Little juice of the twins already belong to somebody, alright, hot boys? You saw it, huh? She's gonna hit me in my penis. That's right, evil punched him in the penis. What a great closing line. Juice Robinson promos. Fantastic. Tetsuya Naito defeats Yoshi Bon Jovi in 24 minutes and 43 <laughs> seconds. And then we have Hiroshi Tanahashi defeating Kenta in 23 minutes and 41 seconds, which I would be fine with, but it was via submission. Kenta tapped out to the ace of the universe. And I mean, if you're going to tap out to anybody, tap out to Tanahashi, but... Kenta should never tap out. That is just not in his personality. Again, I'm happy for Tana, but what the hell are they doing with Kenta? Again, is it because of his normal freaking history or or is it simply like killing him? Or is it simply we've got to get some other guys some wins and he already has the IWGP US title briefcase. So, we can job well, Kenta out in this tournament. Well, you bring up an interesting point, actually, because if that's the case, then are they sort of realizing what they're doing and how they've booked the actual event? Because, yes, we need some guys to get their wins, but at the same time, regardless if he has the briefcase or not, Kenta should be booked as a killer, dude. That's how he I, was in Noah. I agree. But I, I, I just He's, feel like, you know, I, I, I feel like we can already pencil in Kenta versus Moxley at Wrestle Kingdom. It's, it's 100 percent. There's you no know. so there's does no but about it. So does Kenta lose anything between now and then, regardless of how many losses he takes, as long as he's walking around with the briefcase 
and he defends it a couple of times oh. against people like Juice Robinson? Well, do you think he does? Because I think it does, sort, especially to the Western fan or like, you know, especially a Mark would probably see that as a negative, like as a negative point, man, because like, look, is the US title really that crash? No. Like, is it really anything? Exactly. So to me, I don't think, I think it does affect him, dude. I actually do think it does. And it's showing, man. And it even looks like it, even with him, he's not really happy with this, dude. I just, I mean, I, I just, I, I feel like, on. regard, and th- I feel like this is a problem with the G1. And it's just kind of the format of the G1. You got to have guys that are there to put other guys over, right? Like, that it has right, to be. But, but, but guys that are holding the US title, guys that are holding the never open weight title, I, like, if you're holding a secondary championship, and your place on the card is secure, then guess what? Throughout the G1, you're the guy who's putting everybody else over. That's right. And to be fair, why did I even have the the never belts? Those belts were created, if 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 I'm right, because they were going to start a never promotion, right? Right. That's what it was originally what they brought them for. So why are they even still around? What does never even represent? But the but well, <laughs> yeah. I mean, ideally, it's supposed to be that anybody can compete for it. Like it's not yeah, a junior title, it's not a heavyweight title, no. it's it's a never title. It's an open weight title. It, I I hate the trios titles. I, I I don't think trios titles work anywhere other than Mexico. But I do like the singles yeah. title because Shingo made that title important, and now Suzuki has it, and he can also make that title important. I I, I do well, like what they've done with the singles title, but not the trios. Well, at one point they were sort of trying to push them the the singles never belt, you know. So, but I just feel like it's gone a bit flat again. I I don't know, man, but that. That's true. The trios shouldn't even exist. And like you said, Mexico is the only place because that's just a crash fest, man. It's just, and I'm not talking about the promotion, just in general, you know? Yeah. It, but, it's just Mexican wrestling. It's trios titles have well, always been a part of Lucha Libre. So That's right. That's right. So, yeah, get rid of those and maybe just keep the never belt, the singles one, and that's that, man. ROH, get rid of yours, too, because it doesn't work there. Yes. <laughs> uh, night 11, Definitely. A Block. Ishii defeats Yujiro in 1525. Okada defeats Cobb in 11 minutes and three seconds because Okada will roll a motherfucker up. Yep, that's Okada's gimmick for the second half of the tournament. Okada's going to roll a motherfucker up. So fucking stupid. Osprey defeats Suzuki in fourteen twenty six. Switchblade Jay White over Taichi in fifteen sixteen. And then in your main event, this... I was surprised. Shingo Takagi defeats Kota Ibushi in 21 minutes and 56 seconds. And I feel like this match is, we know Shingo can be anybody at any given moment in time. And we needed Ibushi to take a loss to kind of keep things even inside of the standings. That's really all I took away from it. But the match was fantastic. Oh, dude. Like I said, Shingo is the man. Like, but- I really do think he's going to be elevated within the next couple of years in New Japan. I don't think his past with Dragon Gate even affects him, to be honest, right now. I think they see something in him, and I can see it too, man. And as far as Kota goes, what do, what do, what do New Japan want with him? Like, what are they going to – like, again, he's, similar circumstances to what I was saying earlier with uh, Sonata. This stop, go, stop, go thing, man – 
he's look at him. He looks like a million bucks. He can literally carry the company on his back, but for some fucking reason, they pull back on it, man, and I don't like it. The guy deserves to be on top. Just a matter of the office questioning Kota Ibushi's loyalty, and is that true though? Like, do all those rumors true about him being like he comes from a real rich background or something like that? Doesn't want to work much. No, it's not that he doesn't want to work much. It's that Ibushi doesn't want to be underneath of anybody's thumb. So Ibushi, I don't blame him. He likes to work freelance, and that's why he refused to sign with the WWE as well. You know, like he that's enjoys right, going right. and working a DDD show on occasion, or yeah, yeah. you know, if he wants to go join some crazy Dragon Gate tournament. But now he's mm-hmm. he's signed full time to New Japan Pro Wrestling at this point. But that just happened a little over a year ago. I think they're 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 still kind of you have to prove yourself to us. And Ibushi has nothing to prove to the fans, but he does to the company because he's walked away from them several times before. Well, do you know how long his length is of contract with New Uh, Japan? Three years, I think. So what, what proof do they need? Like, I mean, he said it when he signed, right? That he's here for the long haul, man. What do they want from him? You know, look at him. They're stupid if they don't, because eventually you don't want him. To, uh, he's he's going to sound stupid, and I hope I don't get heat for this. Imagine he becomes a Ziggler, man, the guy that was, you know, meant to win and be a big star, but then just loses to everyone, you know, like man, or never, or known as the guy that just never got there, you know. That would be a tragic man if they don't pull the trigger with him. It's, it's almost like you want to turn him into Kazuchika Okada. Uh, Hiroki Goto <laughs> defeats Yoshihashi in fourteen twelve to start off night 12 in the B block. Zack Sabre Jr. defeats Yano in 12 minutes and 20 seconds. And it, it, this match was just... I, Toru Yano thought that he could wrestle with Zack Sabre Jr. Mm-hmm. Like, what the hell was he thinking? What was he thinking? But we, we did get this gem of a poem, Zack Sabre Jr., and I would like to throw this into consideration for promo of the tournament. First of all, I want to dedicate this victory to my lord and savior, Lord Tai Chi. I know that he's always looking down on me. Well, looking at me for the New Japan world. Mm. That's a very tough fight. Very tough fight. But that's what, that's what you got to expect from the G1. Tough fights, you know? It is what it is. It is what it is. Hey, listen up. You know, uh, you know, tomorrow's a new day. Fresh start. Yeah. You know, a win's a win. Two points is two points. And that's what counts. Yeah. You know, hats off to my opponent tonight. You know, he's a very skilled, high-level athlete. That's a hell of a performance. Credit where credit's due. You know, you put, I don't know, what do you reckon? A thousand percent into that. I had to dig deep. I had to dig deep. You know, it's blood, sweat and tears that gets you a victory. Gets you a victory, you know. And after that W, that big win. That big win. You know, got to keep, keep the momentum rolling. You know, you can't get complacent. Can't get complacent. Yeah, high level. I mean, everyone's of a high level. You know, tomorrow's a new day. Tomorrow's a new day. You know. And as the saying goes, okay, okay. You know, it's very important as a professional wrestler 
to not only learn from your losses, but especially to learn from your victories. And today, you know what I learned from this victory? That Yano is an idiot! What is that cretin doing in this tournament? What a joke! Supposed to be the G1! I love it. Every sports cliche that I've ever heard in any promo ever. Fantastic stuff. Props to Zack Sabre Jr. Twice because he also beat the shit out of Yano, which I very much enjoy. Sonata defeats Kenta. Sonata just turning on now. Ever since he beat Tetsuya Naito, here he comes. We have uh, Tetsuya Naito defeating Juice Robinson in 25 minutes and one second because, you know, Naito can't beat anybody in under 20 minutes. <laughs> and then in your main event, we have Evil and Hiroshi Tanahashi. Evil getting the win in 19 minutes and 58 seconds. Night 12 was just kind of there for me, man. Like this, this whole show, it was just like, yeah, you can tell we're at that halfway point of the tournament. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Like I was saying earlier, dude, we're at that point, And this is where I usually start dropping off just a little bit. You know what I mean? Take a little bit of a break like they have now. It's just, I think they needed to like cut it down just a little bit, maybe. Do you think, I mean, you can see they're trying to, in terms of length, like per show. But I think, you know, they're still tweaking it a little bit. If they tweak it just that little bit more, I think it'd be way, way better. I definitely like the two, two and a half hour shows. That's for sure. Too, Especially when too. you're doing 19 shows in a month. You know, oh, it's crazy, dude. It's crazy. It's crazy to keep up, man. And I don't think I've managed up until now, actually, this is probably the first time to this point where I've watched every single one, because even though for me being in Australia, it's only like a not even an hour difference in time. Right. So it's prime time for me. Otherwise, every time I watch, you know, progressing out of the States, I always have to be watching it in the morning, you know? So well, it's like, I, I watch yeah. new Japan at four 30 in the morning, my time. Oh, that must you be, <laughs> it's how great. do you do it, dude? I love it. Cause I'm at you work. You like that? Yeah. I'm at work. So oh, I just, well, and how are you watching it on your phone or yeah, on my phone or my tablet or my laptop or whatever. Uh, yeah, that's yeah. great. That's awesome. Yeah. Let's don't watch stardom the same way. Uh, so here are, <laughs> here are your current standings right now. A block, Kota Ibushi leading the way with eight points, tied with Kazushka Okada, Swishblade, Jay White, and Will Ospreay, all with eight points and a four and two record. At three and three, Minoru Suzuki, Taichi, Tomohiro Ishii, and Shingo Takagi, all with six points. Jeff Cobb with four points, and Yujiro bringing up the rear, 0 and 6, zero points. But Yujiro's another one, man. Like, Yujiro has no business being in the G1 Climax, but he has been really good throughout this tournament by, like, Yujiro standards. I have not had to skip a Yujiro match because it just sucked. B-Block. No, 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 not at all. B-Block, Tetsuya Naito with 10 points, leading the way, 5-1, and one, the only loss being to Sonata, but he's going to run out of gas because he's working awful hard. Evil with 8 points at 4-2. and two. Then there is a cluster at 6. Hiroshi Tanahashi, Juice Robinson, Zack Sabre Jr., Toru Yano, Hiroki Goto, and Sonata, all with 6 points. So I feel like both of these blocks are wide open. Kenta with four points, Yoshihashi with two points. But I mean, we, we talk about how some of the booking decisions have been questionable, but you know, of the 20 guys in the tournament, 16 of them are still in the damn thing. And we're halfway through it. That's amazing. That's, that's crazy, dude. 
I, I don't actually know where they're going with this. I really can't actually put put my finger on it. I mean, there's so many like contenders for winning. Like, who do you think would win the blocks? Who do you think are the favorites anyway? Well, I mean, I, I feel like you have to look at the top four um, in the A block, especially Kota Ibushi, Kazuchika Okada, Switchblade, Jay White, and Will Ospreay, all with eight points right now. That's why when you start getting into the tiebreakers, White beat Okada, Osprey beat White, Okada and Osprey's the last match of the A block. <laughs> it's going to come down to that match. Um, I, I feel like there's a very good possibility that Okada actually comes out of the A block, although I'm really, really hoping that it's Switchblade J. White. And I hope that Will Ospreay has to beat Okada in order for that to happen. I, I like I want Switchblade in Osprey's corner for that. I think that would be a blast. As far as the B oh, block awesome. goes, Tetsuya Naito with 10 points, Evil with 8 points, Sonata with 6 points. Evil and Sonata face off on the final night. I think that could come down to who is going to win the B block. We also have Tetsuya Naito facing off with Kenta that final night. So it wouldn't surprise me to see Kenta get a big win over Tetsuya Naito. And then Kenta is owed a shot at the IWGP United States Championship and <laughs> and the World Championship. Because, you know, I had a shitty tournament, but I pinned the champ, so I get a shot. <laughs> you know, it's, it's like the consolation prize of all consolation prizes. I personally, uh, what I would do with this tournament, I think is going to surprise everybody. And what's I that? would have Tetsuya Naito win this tournament. The champion, I'd love that, too. The champion has never won the G1. And the deal is, if Naito wins the G1, he gets to name his own challenger at Wrestle Kingdom. <laughs> Could we see, possibly, actually, if Naito does win, right, do you think he might actually go for, <laughs> like, a Yano or something like that? Could we see something like that? Possibly. I think you're going to see something like that, but not Yano. <laughs> not Yano? I don't know, but I actually think it's interesting. I, I would like to see that. In in some ways, I would love to see that. But at the same time, it kind of buries the rest of the of of all the wrestlers, man. Like if that does kind of happen, so I don't know if they will actually go ahead and do that. If somebody outside of Tetsuya Naito is going to win this tournament, because I do like Naito to come out of the B block. I would love to see that. Yeah, I I, I think it will be Okada or Switchblade, one of those two guys. I think that matchup against Tetsuya Naito in the Tokyo Dome, I feel like that is a real possibility. If Naito wins. If Naito wins. I think, oh, go ahead. No, no, you're right. Um, I was going to say, you brought up an interesting point because of Okada and, uh, and Switchblade. Do you think they should have separated him in a way? And then, because... They might book themselves into a corner just a little bit because I feel like Jay White is really sort of pushing a little bit, you know what I mean, coming up. And Okada, they have to sort of keep strong. But whoever doesn't make it through that block, do you think it looks bad on them, you know? I, I think that's why they kind of did things the way they did with Osprey pins White, White pins Okada, you know, Okada gets Ibushi. And, and it's like, you know, everybody's getting everybody else. 
So I, I think right, that's yeah. kind of where they're going with it. Okada and Osprey in that final match. I mean, there there's a hell of a track record with Okada beating Osprey, but every time Osprey gets just a little bit closer, mm-hmm. you know. So I, I I do enjoy that. If Naito wins the G1 climax, I want him to name his challenger and have the two biggest stars in New Japan Pro Wrestling clash inside the Tokyo Dome for the IWGP World Heavyweight Championship. And that would be Hiromu Takahashi versus Tetsuya Naito. I knew you were going to say that. I so was waiting for you to say that. And I thought about that. But then I think (laughs) I'd love to see that. But will New Japan do that? Because isn't he still a junior, technically? Technically, but we were supposed to get that match at the anniversary. Yeah, we show. were. That's right. And then the pandemic happened, and that's why. Right. And, so, and why did they just throw that out? They should just continue it on, right? And the other thing that you could do is you could have Naito name Hiromu and then have Hiromu win Best of Super Juniors. Oh, that'd be awesome. Because they're doing Best of Super Juniors alongside of World Tag League. So Hiromu looks very, very strong going into Wrestle Kingdom. Naito looks strong coming out of the G1. And I mean, they're the two biggest stars in the company right now, right? I mean, I 100% agree. Isn't that the match that you want for the main event of the Tokyo Dome? I would love to see that. But is it, would it be a match of respect? Like whoever wins, they're both walking to the sunset together. Or is it going to cause friction? Cause I like, I like Tuck. Like, I love Hiromi with Naito, man. Them two, I've got the best chemistry together, and you can see it in Naito's eyes, man. He glows over him, man. Like, and I love seeing that. You just, he just gets his little sparkle. It's like he motivates him in some ways, you know. And I love seeing that. And I wouldn't want them to break up, regardless if they have a match or not, you know. I think it's a great thing to see, man. So as I'm looking forward to Wrestle Kingdom. My way too early Wrestle Kingdom predictions. <laughs> you have Tetsuya Naito versus Hiromu Takahashi on top. Then you can do, like, you know, Switchblade Jay White versus Evil in the Battle of Bullet Club. You've got Kenta versus John Moxley for the IWGP United States title. You can do a Suzuki versus Shingo rematch for the Never Open Weight Championship. You've got the, the winners of the World Tag League, be it G.O.D. or the Good Brothers facing off with the Dangerous Techers, the current IWGP mm. World Heavyweight tag team champions like i feel like we can fill out the wrestle kingdom card and I it totally looks like a pretty good show to me a sick it looks like a sick card man as a matter of fact but do you think maybe a king of pro wrestling they might do something similar they're not doing king of pro they're, oh they're not are they okay, no because right. the g1 was, was pushed this back month. right yes yes because it was this month it was supposed to be King of Pro Wrestling, wasn't it? Right. And back in August, I think the G1 was supposed to be around or before that. Well, the G1 ran as it was scheduled this year. It was pushed back because the Olympics were supposed to be this summer in oh, Tokyo. Oh, yeah, and that got canceled too. Right, but the G1 had already been pushed back as far as the dates, so that took out King of Pro Wrestling. So now we're just yeah. going to have Power Struggle, which I assume that you get uh, the Sonata versus Naito match on top, which will be very much like King of Pro Wrestling. And then you'll have, and then you'll have World Tag League and the Super Juniors, and whoever wins the the Super Juniors will face off with um, um, Bone Soldier, Taiji Ishimori for the junior title for the IWGP. And then you'll have the winners of World Tag League versus the Dangerous Techers. Do you think God will come along even before that? Because you know what, after what you said, it is leading definitely to to the. 
to Wrestle Kingdom card, no doubt. It makes total sense now. So it's definitely going towards that and maybe the paper or the shows, whatever you want to call them, before that are just a little bit of throwaway sort of shows, you know, unless they do what you said with Power Struggle and make it into a king of pro wrestling because really that's one of the best sort of events every year, man. Right. So I can see that happening for sure. All right, man. So that's it. That's the first half of the G1 Climax. Jesus, we went long. Of course, we talked for almost an hour before we actually started recording. Jimmy, this has been a lot of fun, man. We're going to have to do this again. Why don't you tell people how to get a hold of you on social media, anything that you want them to follow, plugs, knock yourself out? Well, you can find me on the Rational Rage Network doing other shows, and I'm supposed to be starting a, a show myself about pro wrestling soon, but that's another story. But... um. Basically, you can find me at DJ Mass Effects on Twitter and Instagram. And even for my music, man, at DJ Mass Effects at SoundCloud, man. So, and MixCloud. And that's about it. Fantastic, man. Yeah, this was awesome. We'll do it again soon. For sure. Oh, it's been an honor, man. And I've thoroughly enjoyed myself, man. I, I can't believe I've finally made it, man. Finally. Finally. <laughs> So that's going to wrap things up for this return episode of Destino. Thank you very much to Jimmy T for joining me on the show today to talk the G1 Climax. We'll be back in your ear holes, hopefully before the final. I'll, I'll try to get an episode out between uh, when we know with the A block and the B block final, as well as the G1 Climax 30 final. Uh, until then, you can keep up with the show across all social media platforms at Destino Pod. You can follow me at Not Jargo. Also, be sure that you hit the show's website at DestinoPod.com as well as HittingTheMarks.com, HackerHameen.Podbean.com, HameenMediaGroups.Podbean.com, and PWHustleNetworks.Podbean.com. Thank you all so much for being so patient. Thank you so much for tuning into the show, and we will talk to you back here next time on an all-new episode of Destino, a New Japan Pro Wrestling Podcast. Sayonara. Oh, I'm sorry. I thought this was America. Shut down in Austin. Raided back in Cleveland. I got up in our faces and they never gave a reason. Riding's on the wall. All the politics are fake. Yeah, it's clear to me we living in a Seven beers deep and we haven't left the lights. The whole city's gone corrupt. The rain enough to make you right. Wish the music would be more like the boats on the shore. More rust, less metal. Put the pedal to the let them crops grow deep in the pothole streets in the rock and roll city on the stop on the beat. Got me paranoid, stress. Why don't you put me to the test? I know a street lie.